0: Welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we have rare but vital conversations about Jesus.
1: This is the One Life Podcast, September 2nd, 2.34 p.m. If you can hear me, you are the resistance. <laughs> what? Sorry, I've always always wanted to do that. That's from some of my favorite apocalyptic movies. You know, it's the picture of the guy like in a basement or a warehouse somewhere and he's got this old school looking radio.
0: Oh, I know. I've watched the movies with you. (laughs) 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 He beat me to it. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to the One Life Nashville podcast. One Life is a startup church here in Nashville, Tennessee. Our mission is to build extended families of disciples that live on mission together. I am Tiffany Ketchum, and here with me is my husband and co-host, Tim Ketchum. Hello. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, Welcome to episode number nine. So we are a couple of episodes into a series on Jesus and his family.
1: Yeah, so we're... The approach we're taking is we're trying to do a narrative approach. And in order to understand a character in a narrative, you have to look at them in context, which means you have to look at the other characters in the story as well. Uh, Something unique about Jesus is that he's actually the creator of the other characters in the story. And so, you know, in some ways, like when you look at a piece of art, if you go to an art gallery or an art show, and you sort of sit there and look at the piece of art, what you're really doing is that that piece of art is like a window into the artist, and you can kind of tell something about the artist by looking at their art. And so as, as we look at these spiritual beings that surround Jesus, we're, we're not just getting to know the character, we're also trying to draw implications from, well, if Jesus created these characters— And if, if he's the, the one who brought them into being, what does this tell us about Jesus? That he would create these kinds of, of beings that surround him.
0: Yes, I think that context is definitely very important as we move forward in talking about Jesus and his story. Speaking of context, is there a scripture or is there somewhere we're going to start today?
1: Yeah, I was thinking we could just kind of look at some terms that are used to describe uh, these spiritual beings. The first one is actually the term "gods," which, as in like lowercase g, you know, for all the nerds on uh, listening right now, the uh, the Hebrew word for gods is Elohim. And what's interesting about that term is that it not only describes spiritual beings but it also is a term used for god himself uh, in our last podcast we talked about, we kind of dropped the hint about aliens or you know uh, supernatural beings and these spiritual beings are called elohim or gods in the old testament we'll talk about that more later but i just want to point that out that they are called gods Another term is spirits that kind of came up in our last episode. This kind of has to do with like what their nature is. But if you remember from the last episode, it said that a spirit stepped out and then stood before the Lord. And it doesn't mean that the spirits don't have a form. In other words, there's a distinguishable shape to them that you can identify them with, but they are spirit beings. So there's a shape, there's a form. And yet they're still, their properties or what they're composed of is that they are spirit. And that is to say that they are not embodied. They are not embodied beings. They are spirit beings. Another term is heavenly ones. And that kind of has to do kind of like with where they originate from. That they're called heavenly ones because they originate from the heavens and they dwell in the heavens. And so it's kind of like a term of residence. It's kind of like an address, uh, kind of like saying someone is from this neighborhood or that neighborhood. It's, It's more about their location. But this next term is actually kind of interesting, and it ties directly to us as believers, but they're called holy ones. This is a very interesting term because this same exact term is used to describe us in the New Testament. And this creates a very interesting link in the understanding of ourselves and our destiny as believers is that Paul is the one who most often uses this term, and he's being very intentional about it. He's making a direct connection with us as believers in Christ and these spiritual beings called Holy Ones. And we've got three more terms. Uh, The next one is stars, which is kind of an interesting one. We're thinking, okay, why are they being called stars? Well, in the ancient worldview, when people looked up into the sky and saw the stars, they thought that they were actual spiritual beings. And some of those stars actually moved around, like some of the planets. In their worldview, they thought the starry host of heaven were actually divine beings, spiritual beings. And in some cultures, they actually thought they were gods. The Hebrew Bible, working from within their cultural context, would identify spiritual beings as stars as well. Then we have a phrase called divine beings, and that kind of shows up in Psalm 82. And the last term is mighty ones. And this, this has to do with like their strength. In other words, they can do things that we can't do. They they can accomplish things that we cannot accomplish because they do have more power and more strength than we do. So uh, they're called mighty ones. They're called divine beings. They're called stars, holy ones, heavenly ones, spirits, and finally gods.
0: Mm, yeah, that's a lot of names. Right. I can see how it be can. Could be confusing, like <laughs> knowing that that's talking about the same group of beings, right? So, like the stars, I mean, that's kind of weird. You're you're <laughs> saying that they were looking at the stars, but they weren't actually talking about the stars. They were actually talking about these beings.
1: Yeah they they thought the stars were actually uh, spiritual beings, or maybe even gods. And sometimes it would be a constellation um, that they would kind of link them together and say that that constellation is a God. Uh, so, you know, Orion, you know, those kind of things. So, yeah, it, it was a part of their worldview. And God always, of course, works from within the worldview that, of the people that he's speaking with uh, so that he doesn't have to educate them in order to talk to them.
0: Mm-hmm. And another question about Elohim. If you're, like, let's say somebody's reading in, in the Bible and they come to Elohim, how would they know that's talking about the one true God or the, like gods?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Well, in some translations of the Bible, just like when the word Lord sometimes shows up as capital L and then they have like a lowercase capital of O-R-D, mm-hmm. that's how you know that the term is, uh, you know, what they call the tetragrammaton, the yod heh dvav or Yahweh. Right. And sometimes they do the same thing with the word God, is that it'll be capital G, but then it'll be capital O, capital D. You know, that's a translator's move to say that this is talking about the one true God. But there are some passages where uh, the term God or God's, uh, depending on your translation that you use, where the context will have to determine whether it's referring to a group of spiritual beings or Yahweh mm. or the one true God. And sometimes it's sort of, uh, it's kind of clear and evident, but then sometimes it's sort of a, uh, it's a take your best shot mm. and read the passage through and say, does this make sense if it's referring to God or to a,
0: a group of spiritual beings? Okay, I gotcha. you. Yeah, thanks for going through those. That's helpful, I think, um, as we're reading through the Bible.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, this is Jesus' family, right? He created them. These are some terms that describe that group. I think what we'll do now, like, just real quickly, I think we'll, we'll dive into, like, last podcast we looked at a, a scene, a snapshot of these spiritual beings when they're together. And that scene is Revelation chapter 4. Verses 2
0: through 8. Okay, I'll read it out. Revelation 4. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby. A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were twenty-four other thrones, and seated on them were twenty-four elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and pills of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures and and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Wow, talk about some weird imagery and to think that Jesus actually created these beings.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting cuz you know, they don't even call them like they use really generic language. They say living creatures. <laughs> you know, like as opposed to dead creatures, right? Right. Uh, but You know, something that is interesting about these is that they have each individual, there's four of them, and each individual creature has a head of a, What does it say? Uh,
0: We have a lion, an ox, a man, and an eagle.
1: Yeah, it's a strange combination. Very strange. One thing I think we can maybe draw out of this is that whenever Jesus did create these beings... You have the face of a lion, which is a predator, and then you have the face of a bull or an ox, and but that's a plant-eating animal, but it's really strong. So they're both very strong animals, but one is a, a meat-eating, one is a plant-eating, and they're both on the ground, but then the eagle is not on the ground, it flies in the air, And then you have a man, the face of a man. And so it's almost like you have a representative from uh, different parts of the animal kingdom and a human being there. And so Jesus has kind of given us a panoramic. Now, what's even more interesting here is the idea that Jesus created these beings before he created the earth. Mm. And so these animals on the earth are potentially actually you know version 2.0 of these beings so these particular and you know spiritual beings they just have the head of an eagle or the head of a lion they don't have a body of a lion and it's not until you see Jesus partnering and being a co-creator with God that maybe these animals actually find their full form when they're created on the earth. And so this idea that Jesus creates in stages and that, you know, to me it's interesting that the very first thing that he created was the face, which shows that relational aspect of Jesus. And then he creates the body second. And that kind of goes along with, you know, this thing about the church, right? That Jesus is the head of the church and the church is his body. And so when he wanted to create the church, he actually created A new humanity within himself first and he becomes the head the first initial creation a new creation in his human in his human nature and then the second iteration is us his body Um, so you kind of see a pattern here of his creative work creating the head or the face first and then you create the more extended body second and so there's kind of a fractal or a a pattern that you kind of pick up on his creative activity.
0: That's so cool to think about the creativity of God and just his creative mind. That's exceptional. So I think we have a couple more minutes maybe on this episode. Oh, great.
1: Yeah. So there's, there's just a few more things I wanted to mention. We're trying to cram a lot in here, I realize, but we're going to put some notes, you know, we'll put some scriptures and some notes in the bottom of the podcast description, but uh, there's also, you know, we've been looking at different terms that are called the uh, spiritual beings, but there's also, you know, when they get together as a group, there's actually different terms that are used to talk about them when they gather together. And those terms actually reveal sort of like different purposes of these spiritual beings of Jesus' family. So I was thinking we'd just kind of run through those kind of quickly. And, mm, okay. uh So, uh, the first one is what we would call like a collective or a community. And this is just a really generic. It's almost like you, you know, you're driving along and you see a big crowd of people hanging out somewhere, but it doesn't look like they're completely random, but they do have somewhat of an organization and they're kind of like, maybe they're all wearing the same t-shirt.
0: They're kind of together.
1: They're kind of together. Yeah. And you say, okay, that's a thing. Like that's a group. That's a club. Um, so there's, there's kind of like the, the generic term for like a large group, and that doesn't really reveal a lot to us. But uh, this next term is actually very insightful, or at least for me it was. And it's actually the term council, and the Hebrew word is sowed. And I looked this term up, and the, it's a fascinating term because one of the root meanings of this term is a couch. I'm like, wait, you know, like there's a, there's a love seat in heaven, you know, <laughs> you know, like, is this uh, is this a lazy boy? Is this, uh... <laughs> but the, the basic idea of the sod or the council is that you enter into a room where you have intimate conversations and things are revealed amongst very close uh, relationships. And this is one of the terms God uses to say, I think it's Amos, where he says, I don't do anything unless I reveal my secrets to the prophets. The idea here is that this is, this is a place where secret things are talked about. The gathering of spiritual beings around God sometimes is a place where God discloses things that he doesn't tell anyone else. And he talks about his plans, he talks about his thoughts, and, you know, this is a very uh, behind-closed-doors kind of gathering. These spiritual beings do have access to God in that way. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of neat because, you know, we can draw some implications out about that, that if if Jesus co-created these beings and he has these meetings with them, um, he also wants to have those kind of meetings with us. And he wants to invite us to come and sit on the couch with him, and have intimate conversations, and reveal things to us, and tell us secrets that he doesn't tell anyone else.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, like
1: we could we could drill down into that, couldn't we? You're
0: talking my language. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool, though. It's two two very different um, terms. One's super intimate, and the one's kind of generic.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it's 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 quite a big contrast. Okay, so moving on, uh, uh, term number three is that there's a crowd, and this is kind of like number one, but it's actually even more generic. This is like you're driving along, and you do see a group of people in a field, but they're not all wearing the same T-shirt. And the idea here is that there's just this big mass of people, and in this case, a big mass of spiritual beings. And this kind of comes out in Revelation, where it talks about there's thousands upon thousands of angels And there's a myriad. So we don't actually know how many spiritual beings there are. And this term actually kind of captures that. The next one is what I would call a convention. It's basically, it's the uh, Hebrew term moed. One of the phrases in the Bible is the mountain of assembly. So the term assembly is used. And this is very much the idea of like a regular meeting. In other words, it's, it's on the calendar. And we come together at this appointed time and this appointed place. And it's this idea that God meets with his heavenly host. He meets with his heavenly ones on a schedule. So like any good team leader, they want to meet with their team on the regular. The next term is um, a court. This is the idea where judgments are passed. And so God sometimes meets with his heavenly counsel, and he passes judgment, and he makes decrees, he makes decisions, and some of those are related to judgment, some of those are strategic decision-making, you know, sometimes they gather together to witness God passing judgment, and sometimes they may actually participate in making those judgments, in fact, in Daniel 4, it says that the watchers made decisions about Nebuchadnezzar's future. Uh, the last term is a host, and this is the term that we get for military. And so this is God's army. So one of the things I think we can draw from this about Jesus is that Jesus actually enjoys meeting with people with different environments, different formats, And when you talk about spending time with Jesus, He's okay if that time looks differently when you hang out with Him, when you spend focused time with Him. It doesn't always have to look the same. there, There can be variety in the way that we spend time with Him and as a church in how we gather with Him.
0: That's a great way to close this out. I know we have covered a lot, but I like how we just kind of gave a broad spectrum of terms. And it's going to be impossible for us to really talk about everything concerning the, you know, the heavenly host. It's true. But we are going to have at least one more episode on Jesus' family, on the heavenly host. We'll continue this conversation in the next episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. Our, Our next episode, we're actually going to look at some very specific things about what the heavenly ones do. And then we're also going to talk about some specific terminology and the rank and status between the, the different beings in God's heavenly council.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you will join us in the next episode. Please go and subscribe on your platform of choice if you want to keep this conversation going. We will catch you next time.